Amen. Hey, I want to get into a new series today. A um, couple weeks ago, Ted gave a word, and in the word, he referenced uh, Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 7. That Holy Spirit was dropped on him and said, you know, that God's going to give you a spirit. He said, Paul said, I pray to God that he gives you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so as he was talking about wisdom and revelation, I listened to Charlie last week. Uh, did y'all enjoy Charlie? Yeah. Well, I've talked to him a couple of times this, in this past week and he, he just, he absolutely loves being here too. So, uh, but I was talking to him and as he was ministering, I sat and I thought, God, why don't we see people walking out their true identity? Why don't we see people walking out who they really are, like Charlie was preaching, the way that God sees them, the way what Ted said, that we receive a spirit of wisdom. And, and sometimes people look at it and say, well, how do I receive a spirit of wisdom? How do we see more revelation of who we are? And, 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 and then I ask them, say, okay, so why do we so many times get caught up in the affairs of this world and the affairs of this life and, and we... Or seems like we're so wrapped up in that thing. And, and, and the question, the answer to that question is something the Holy Spirit's been telling me for weeks. And I've, I've said it while I was preaching and I've said it during my ministry and stuff like that of things that we're going to start talking about. Well, I believe that in the year 2021, as this is, we've already declared this will be the year of the roar, but you're going to have to have the right kind of ears to hear this with. You're not going to be able to hear this roar and hear what God is doing by listening to your natural ears and by, and by just trying to hear. And, and especially if you turn on the news and everything else, it's, you know, nobody wants that. But, but we, when we look at this year starting, we're, I want my goal in this next series, and, I'm, and the Holy Spirit, I asked him, I said, all right, how long? Because he, Lana, he usually tells me how long I'm going to preach on a subject. And he wouldn't give me an answer. So I'm going to stay in this subject until we're done. Because I believe there's something that we've gotten because the church has forgotten who she is. We've become dependent on ourselves. We've become dependent on our surroundings. We've become dependent on our society and sometimes even our governing systems. She's forgotten who she was. Folks, do you realize that the church, and when I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about just Harvest Christian Fellowship. I'm talking about the whole body of Christ for those who are already awakened to salvation and following. Do you realize that the church was birthed in adversity? And now we're afraid of it. <laughs> well, how bad is this going to get? How bad? It doesn't matter. God, Jesus birthed a church out of adversity. When Paul was running around trying to kill everybody who even wanted to declare Jesus, there was a church birth. See, we are not in the end times. We're at the beginning of the good times. We're worried about when will it end, when will it end. We need to worry about how, what is God going to do in us right here, right now. The church was birthed in adversity. This is what she should be used to. She was baptized into life. Oh, they gathered in the upper room. Shut all the doors and all of a sudden there was a sound that came from heaven. A sound like a rushing mighty wind. And there appeared over them cloven tongues of fire that rested upon each of them. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit 
gave them utterance. She was baptized by fire. Birthed in adversity and baptized in fire. The body of Christ was established. And I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about a church building. I'm talking about a particularly fascinating, odd group of individuals that scattered all the way across the face of this planet that hold a message of redemption, that hold a declaration of good news, that holds a connection to the divine. This is the church. This is who you are. This is who we are. But what we've done is we've relegated ourselves to the walls of buildings. <laughs> we've relegated ourselves to the walls of buildings that we built. We've, been, we've, we've become fooled into thinking that only a few members of her body are blessed enough to hear God speak. And so we run to prophets and we run to apostles and we run to evangelists and we run to teachers and we run to pastors and we think there is the word of God. And only a few individuals hear him. Folks, that is never what the church was designed to be. And now, I'm, trust me, I'm not degrading those offices. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, they, they work today. They're in operation today. Okay? So I'm not thinking that. But what I, am, uh, what I am opposed to is that the body of Christ think that only a few people hear from God for her. Mm. We've forgotten that we have a connection to the divine. That you have a connection to the divine. Go, if you will, to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Let me tell you, God's doing stuff. While you're turning there, I'm just going to give a quick testimony. A few months ago, been a few months, right, Wade? A few months ago, Wade was sitting about right there where he's sitting right now. And uh, talk, told me how much pain he was having in his in his shoulder and he couldn't lift his shoulder and the Holy Spirit prompted me right then to pray for Wade Wade how's your shoulder today bub <laughs> oh. he said look no pain he comes to me every week tells me how much easier it's getting how much e folks I'm telling you God's getting ready he's ready we're, we're just getting in position in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation, it says, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has all, everybody say already. already. It's already been deposited in us by his divine power. Everything you need, you lack nothing. Ooh, that'll, that'll your religious mind up. You lack nothing. Everything that we have been, that we need for complete devotion, for a life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all of this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him. 
who has called us by name. Last thing we closed with was the lion knows you. All this has been lavished on us by his love, by uh, knowing him, who has called us by name. And invited us, now get this, he has invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of goodness. As a result of this, of what? Of this invitation. He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership. King James Version says that you have become partakers of the divine nature. You are part, your natural state of being is connected to the divine. Who you really are is connected to the divine. He said that you would be part in partnership with the divine nature. Like I said, King James says that you would be partakers of the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of this world. It is part of your DNA that you are in partnership with the divine. When you get up in the morning and your hair is everywhere, I don't have much, but it still goes. Right then, when my feet hit the floor, Ernie, I'm in partnership with the divine nature. Why? Because it's part of me. We're going to get there in a second. When you're driving down the road, you're in partnership with the divine nature. See, the church has forgotten who she's in partnership with. The church has forgotten who her natural state is a state of connection to the divine. She tries to live life based on what's happening in the society around her. She tries to live life based upon what's happening to us individually. And we forget that when I go to Walmart, I go to Walmart in partnership with the divine nature. When I brush my teeth, I brush my teeth in partnership with the divine nature. When some of us fix our hair, we, we fix our hair. In, see, everything you do is part of the divine nature because everything you are is a part of divine. Oh. Now see, people start thinking weird stuff about you when you start preaching this kind of stuff. But I can't help but what God said. King James says you are partakers. That means to partake of the divine nature. Uh, the word, I like the way the, the Passion Translation put it there. It said that you are in partnership. And I, I, I did a study on that word. They translated partnership. But I did a, a real quick study on that word partakers of. It means to have an equal share in. Perry back there is in a business. He has partners in that business. Perry, aren't y'all all equal parts? See, that's what this word partakers of divine nature. You have an equal share of the divine nature of God as everyone else.
There's no hierarchy in the, in the nature of God. There might be different offices, but there's not hierarchy. See, how much of the nature of God that I have in me is the exact same amount as the nature of God that Pierce partakes in. We are all part, we all share equally. Well, who do we share it equally with? Romans 8 says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Oh, uh, we're, not, we're not to that one yet, Bobby, thank you. Bobby's on the ball back there. I, didn't really, I forgot I was going to, verse, to chapter eight. But in Romans eight, before that verse he just showed, it says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. See, who we are in partnership with, who we share equal parts of divine nature with is Jesus himself. We'll try that over here because it might scare somebody over there. <laughs> who we are in partnership, who we share equal amount of the divine nature with is Jesus himself. You are part of the divine nature of God. Jeremiah said, he told the prophet Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Why? Because when you were given birth to on this planet, you were actually removed from the presence of God and placed into a body to live out that life through the natural. This series is going to be called Spirit Led. And over the next X amount of time, we are going to talk about how to be led by the Spirit, but not only how to pray the Spirit down, but how to understand that the Spirit is living inside of you and that you are Spirit and you can listen to the Spirit on the inside of who you are. <laughs> you can hear from God for yourself. Go if you will to Romans 8 now, Bobby. <laughs> Romans 8 verse 13, and I'm reading this one out of God's Word translation. He says, if you live by your corrupt nature, you're going to die. <laughs> if we live by the corrupt nature, we're going to die. But if you use your spiritual nature to put to death the, the evil activities of the body, see, your, spi your spirit is designed to control what your body does. But most of us, what we do, we do what our body wants to do, and then we have to deal with the shame, Steve. And then we have to deal with the guilt. And then we have to deal with all this other stuff that comes along because we fed, you all have heard me say it before, we've said that we fed the zombie nature. We're trying to bring something back to life that Christ has already killed. And when we try to live in that position of trying to bring back what Christ has already killed, we're living in a corrupt nature and living by that corrupt nature brings death. He said, but if you live by your spiritual nature and use it to put to death the evil activities of your body, 
you will live. Verse 14. Certainly all who are guided, everybody say all. all. Who are guided by God's spirit are God's children. You haven't received the spirit of slaves. See, the Holy Spirit and the spirit inside of you is not a spirit of servitude. Or slave, I should say. It's not a spirit of a slave. He said, you have not received the spirit of a slave that leaves you again into fear. <clears throat> Instead, you have received the spirit of God's adopted children by which we call out Abba, Father. Now, get this. The first place that God is going to speak to you And this will get me in trouble. Because we've been taught for so long, and this is true, so please don't think I'm down. We've been taught this is the first place God will speak to you. Except this next verse tells me something different. God uses this to speak to a different part. Verse 16. Go ahead, Bob, if you got it. If not, I'll just read it. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit testifies to your spirit. Folks, you may get up and you may never feel like a child of God. Anybody ever not felt like a child of God? Some of you might not felt like it this morning. I don't know. But God doesn't speak to how you feel. He doesn't speak to your feelings. He speaks to your spirit. And the reason so many people struggle with their identity in Christ is because they've never been taught to listen to their own spirit. They listen to the lies of shame. They listen to the lies of guilt. They listen to the lies of the enemy saying, God can't love you because you did this, 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 and this. God's not gonna love you because you did this, this, and this, and this. But what does the Holy Spirit do? He speaks into your spirit, into your insides, and he says, you are God's child. Don't let that go. That's over. That's past. You're God's child. You're not trying to become God's child. You're not hoping to become God's child. You are God's child now. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. Now, how does he speak to your spirit? We'll cover that weeks later. Sometimes he speaks to your spirit through the Bible. Sometimes he speaks to your spirit through a Wendy's sign. Y'all think it's funny. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll speak to you however he wants. He'll speak to you. And he doesn't have to, but first, where's he going to speak? He's going to speak down here. And see, this is where we need apostles and prophets and to help us discern some of the things we may hear. The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit. You are a spirit. He talks to your spirit. He communicates in all kinds of different ways, but the primary way that he is going to speak to you is going to be to your spirit. 
The church has got to come back, and I believe in 2021, she has to come back to the point where she is spirit-led. Not emotion-led, not fear-led, not anger-led, but spirit-led. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. This may get real teachy on you, so. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. And I love reading this from the message translation. Message, actually the message is a paraphrase. But, he, but the writer actually translates this to the best that it can be translated, I think. In verse 26 of Genesis one, he said, and God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. So the first thing you need to understand is you look like God. All right? This is how connect, you, you are so connected to the divine, you can't even not look like him. <laughs> the family resemblance is always going to be there, Sandy. He said, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our what? Nature. Well, what is the nature of God? That we were partakers of the divine nature. So what are we? Mankind was created to be a reflection of the divine nature of God on planet earth. Man was placed into a garden. Did you know, you know the, actually the garden of Eden, Eden actually means pleasure. Man was placed into the garden of God's pleasure and created for the, for the sole purpose of reflecting the nature of the divine on this planet. So they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. And every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created, I love how the message puts this, he created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. So we have to have both parts to completely reflect God's nature. Just thought I'd throw that out there. That should have made women shout. <laughs> we have to have both male and female to truly see God. Moving on. So what we see here is God said, let us make man reflecting our nature. Let's make them after our image. Let's make them spirit. You see, I'm gonna show you some scriptures in a minute that says God was spirit. When mankind was created in the garden, folks, I want you to say something real quick and I'm not gonna go into a whole big teaching on this. What you see right here is a result of the fall of Adam and Eve. Even the bodies were changed. Well, how do you know? Because it says that God made skins. I'm not getting into all this. But he made skin to cover them. Well, he went out and killed an animal. Never says it. Just says he made skins. 
All right, going on, moving on. See, well, you said, why do you say that? Because you have to understand you were created spirit. Before you were created flesh, you were created spirit. Mm-hmm. Before flesh came into effect, you were spirit. You come from spirit. When God decided to birth Briar on the planet, he created spirit. And then he wrapped it in flesh. <laughs> she said, I'm just going to sit here and suck my candy cane. <laughs> Go to John chapter 4. You were created spirit, folks. It's time to go back to that understanding. You're not living a flesh experience. This is a spirit experience. We're just housed in a flesh body. We, oh, glory. John chapter 4, verse 24, and I'm reading from the message here, I believe. He said, God is sheer being itself. Spirit. Now, this is, I believe in this scripture, he's talking to uh, the woman at the well. And he's telling her, if you're reading King James, says, God is spirit. Not God is a spirit. He's given you the nature of God here. God is spirit. And then he goes on to tell her, and those that worship him would worship him in spirit and in, in truth. But I like the way the message puts it. It says, God is sheer being itself. What is sheer being? Being is spirit. And those who worship him must do it out of their very being. So what is man's being? If man was created in the image and the likeness of God, then man's true being is spirit. I'm telling you, I was praying up here today. And that's what the Holy Spirit just kept saying. It's the time. Signs and wonders and miracles if my people will live in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. See, we have a choice where we want to live. You have a choice where you want to live. Spirit or in the natural. And in the natural is death. It's just dead things, doing dead rituals, performing dead uh, 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 sacrifices. But God is sheer being itself, spirit. And those that worship him must do it out of their very beings, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. That's your true self. Your true self is your spirit. Quit worrying so much about what's going on on the outside. It's that inward man on the inside. I found a new Bible this week, Ted. And some of you may not know how I study. I'll take a scripture out of King James, and then I'll, I, I break down every word inside that scripture in the original language. Then I take and I find the different translations that are as close to that original language as I can find. But this week I found an Aramaic Bible. You ever read an Aramaic Bible? What is an Aramaic Bible? An Aramaic Bible is the, is the, is the Bible in the language of Jesus. <laughs> Go, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 from the Aramaic Bible. Now, what's your true self? Your true self is spirit. 
It's time to start being led by this thing. Do you know that your spirit, and we're going to cover this in weeks to come, your spirit is in constant communication with God? Even when you're asleep, you are always plugged into the divine. Now, 1 Corinthians, is that what I said? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. But the spirit of the Lord Jehovah, and wherever the spirit of the Lord Jehovah is, there is freedom. We sang that this morning. He said, but the spirit is the Lord Jehovah. So in Jesus' original language, that's what it would have said. In Aramaic, when the Bible was first written, that's what, the Spirit is Jehovah. The Father is Jehovah. The Son is Jehovah. Folks, we got to realize that we're not talking about three individuals. We're talking about a unity of a being. Oh my goodness. The Spirit is the Lord Jehovah, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is, there is freedom. But we will all see the glory of the Lord Jehovah with unveiled faces as in a mirror. Do you realize that when you're looking at a move of the Holy Spirit, you're actually looking into a mirror? What does a mirror do? Reflects what? Your image. I looked in the mirror this morning. You know who I saw? Me. And when I look at the Holy Spirit, do you know who I see? Me. <laughs> I told you we're going to go some we're going to go deep. He said, but we all see the glory of the Lord with unveiled. In other words, if we would just take the veil off of our own faces, we would see the very glory of God. But we don't because we wear the blinders. Mm. Of shame. We wear the blinders of guilt. We wear the blinders of humanity. Y'all okay? Quiet in here. But we shall see the glory of Jehovah with unveiled faces as in a mirror. We are changed into the image from glory to glory. See, a mirror shows you what's messed up about you. It still shows you you. So when I look at the Holy Spirit and I begin to reflect back and I see myself, I thought, oh, this is out of place. Oh, I got a little smudge right there. And it allows me to fix that so that I, let's see, this is what it means to be changed from the image, from glory to glory. He's showing you, he's, if you've been, if you've not been here on Wednesday nights to hear Ted teach, talking about going in and living in the glory cloud, you're missing it. Because over here, we're living in hearing out of the natural. But maybe if we get over here, the deeper we go over into the glory cloud, we begin to see ourselves as spirit. And as we begin to see ourselves as spirit, the things that's happening out here don't seem to matter as much anymore. Folks, I'm telling you, you are a spirit being. You were designed to live a spirit-filled and a spirit-led life. And when you look at the spirit of the Lord Jehovah, you are being changed even more because you're realizing who you are really are 
We are being changed into the image. From glory to glory, the Lord Jehovah, the Spirit. Let us make man in our image. The image of man is spirit. The image of God is spirit. He said in John chapter 4, verse 24 there, and, 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 and the Lord is spirit. When man was created in the garden, he was created as spirit. We have forgotten that we are spirit. And we're trying to live out of a corrupt nature. And we live, Sally, out of a corrupt nature. It only leads to death. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm reading out of J.B. Phillips translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16. This is the reason why we never collapse. The outward man does indeed suffer wear and tear. Amen. The outward man does indeed suffer wear and tear. But every day the inward man, your spirit, your inward man, you have an inward man. It's who you really are. You know, you know one, one of the reasons why I'm teaching this? I got tired of hearing Christians, Sandy, stand up and say, well, something just told me. No, something didn't tell you. Holy Spirit spoke to your spirit. It's time we quit. Go ahead. It's time we quit just randomly thinking that things just happen to be said. Even people who haven't found Jesus yet, there are still connected. That's why they say, something just told me. It was Holy Spirit dealing with their spirit. You are naturally spirit persons. And he said, even though my outward man may suffer wear and tear, my inward man receives fresh strength. These little troubles, which are really so transitory, are winning for us a permanent, oh, glorious, solid reward out of all proportion to our pain. In other words, the amount of glory that God has prepared for you is disproportionate to the trouble that you're going through right now. But you'll never see it trying to live in your pain. You have to come over and live out of the spirit. And in your spirit, man. It's working a permanent, glorious, solid reward out of proportion to our pain. For we are looking all the time, not at the visible, but at the things, but at the invisible. Maybe it's time you and I quit looking at the things we're seeing and start looking with our spirit. Remember when John was on the Isle of Patmos? Things right around verse four. He said he is in the spirit on the Lord's day. Where was he at? In the spirit. On the Lord's day and there was a door opened up in heaven and a voice came from heaven and said, come up here, I have some things to show you. You see, living in the spirit takes you into God's view of things. God's view of things. How many of you know 
glory to God. God's view of things, how many of you know, if you go, if you look at us right here, it looks one way, but if you went to a top of a mountain and began to overlook Cambridge, it looks totally different. See, what, what God told John was come up here. Why? Because I want to show you earthly things from a spirit pr perspective. And where God wants to take you in your life is not that you're just living day to day, going through the difficulties and the struggles of these things, but he's wanting to bring you to a place where you are seated here in Christ. Where are we seated? We are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. It's time to start seeing from heavenly places, but you can't see from heavenly places using corrupt minds. He said, we're looking all the time at not the visible things, but at the invisible. The visible things are transitory. They're here, they're transitional, but the invisible are permanent. You are spirit being. And, and we get so caught up with all this other's junk that we look with fear in our eyes. That's a corrupt nature. We look at our past in shame and guilt, corrupt nature. It doesn't lead to the life of Christ. It leads to death. Because what happens is a lot of times if you pay attention to everything that's going on in the natural, You miss it. You miss it. But God is calling us, and this is why I'm going to start teaching this, about being spirit-led, about following that inward witness and not saying, well, something told me. No, recognize, Holy Spirit, talk to my spirit. No more just blowing it off like, I don't know, I just had this idea. No, it's, I have, I have a word from God. You are a word from God. You can hear words from God. All the, it doesn't take me, your pastor, speaking into your life. Now, God put me here to speak into your life. God put me here to, to preach this so that you can take it. But he doesn't want me to be your word. I'm not supposed to be your word, Renee. You are a spirit being. You hear from God just as much as I do. Well, what if I miss it? What if I get it wrong? Welcome to humanity. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we're human. We're still, we're still trying to figure out living a spirit life through a fallen flesh. That's called living in a... And sometimes, guess what? We'll get it wrong. But that doesn't mean you'll always hear, hear it wrong. That doesn't mean you'll always hear it wrong. Count on it, folks. Sometimes you're going to hear God wrong. Well, that's just not very spiritual. No, that's called real life. <laughs> Why? Because I'm still growing from glory to glory. I'm still learning this, how to get there. <laughs> I want to go back to Genesis but I'm going to read Genesis from the Targum Anoclius. And if you don't know what the Targum Anoclius is, it is actually the translation that they would have had of the five books of the Bible in Jesus' time. 
It is the translation of Aramaic from the original writing. Yes, you can find these, <laughs> okay? And we all know what Genesis chapter two, verse seven says. And the Lord breathed into man the breath of life and he became a living soul. But the way that they would have read it in Jesus' day sounds more like this. And the Lord God created man dirt from the ground and he blew into his nostrils a living soul and it became to him a speaking spirit. That is man's original creation. God breathed into the nostrils of man a living soul and he became a speaking spirit. That is man's natural place. He is born spirit. Well, why would he make man a speaking spirit? Because God creates by speaking. Let us make man in our image reflecting our nature. Well, how did God create? And God said, let there be, read Genesis 1, he said, let there be, and there was. And he said, let there be, and there was. There's about 20 verses of this. And he said, let there be, and there was. And he said, let there be, and there was. See, when the Spirit, who is the Jehovah, spoke, creation happened. And he said, let us make man in our image, let us make him godlike, reflecting our nature, so that he breathed into man and a living soul, and it became to him a speaking spirit, because man had to become a speaking spirit to reflect the nature of God on the planet. Amen. And we have forgotten who we really are. Hebrews chapter 4. No, I'm sorry, uh, Bobby. Let's go on to uh, Thessalonians. I'm almost done. Two more. Folks, you may not have heard some of these things. It may be completely new. But it doesn't change the fact that God said that God is Spirit. And those that worship him must worship him how? Spirit and truth. And God created man in his image. And if God is spirit, then man is spirit. And you hear from God by your spirit. Matter of fact, Proverbs says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord that searches all the inward parts of the belly. Where's that at? Do you remember? In the Bible. In the Bible. <laughs> I know it's Proverbs. It's in Proverbs and the Davis chain reference edition just failed me. <laughs> but in Proverbs, he says, the spirit of man is the candle. What does a candle do? It illuminates. So what is your spirit supposed to do? Illuminate. You are light. You were birthed in light. You were created in light. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord that searches all the inward parts. So where's your spirit located? Well, if it searches the inward parts of the belly, your spirit's, like Brother Hagin used to say all the time, put your hands on your belly. 
<laughs> it's the inward parts of the belly. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23 from the Passion Translation says it this way. It says, now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. See, that's God's job. <laughs> I'll, we'll, we'll go on. It's God's job to make you completely holy. Okay. <clears throat> that and may your entire being. So what is your entire being? Spirit, soul, and body. How many believers do you hear all the time? Body, soul, and spirit. So that tells you where their focus is. Tells you where our focus is. The outward, then our thought life, then our spirit. When he says your whole thing is spirit first, then your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and then your body. He says, now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus the anointed one. You are spirit first, then soul, then body. I think this is the last one. Hebrews chapter four. If it's not the last one, it will be today. We'll carry the rest of it over. Hebrews chapter four. In the first part, uh, just the A of it, it says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of what? Soul and spirit. So even your soul and your spirit can be divided. Why? Because your spirit first. Piercing even to the division. So the word of God, you know why it, it pierces between the soul and the spirit? Because he's not trying to speak to your mind. He's trying to speak to your spirit. Oh, that's why there's a division there. And so as we move into this, folks, our goal is that we no longer be emotionally driven. And trust me, I like emotions. Trust me, today in worship, done. But you know where it started? It didn't start out here. Ooh, that gave me a goosebump. It started in my spirit when those words started resounding in my spirit. And then all of a sudden, my body just didn't know what else to do because my spirit wanted out. <laughs> so over the next few weeks, today's just introduction. So please, don't freak out. You're, we're going to talk about being spirit-led because you are a spirit being designed to be a partaker and in partnership with the divine nature. And the only way we can operate in this partnership with the divine nature is to be led by not just the Holy Spirit, but by our spirit hearing what Holy Spirit says. So come back next week. And we'll just continue to look at the Spirit. If you're watching my Facebook, thank you for being with us. We appreciate you. We know you could have tuned in anywhere, but you chose us. So we love you and we appreciate you. Folks, please don't forget to give on your way out. Uh, we, this is how we do things. 
Harvest House truck is this Wednesday at uh, noon. This Tuesday at noon is uh, intercessory prayer. Uh, we have been having a fantastic time in intercessory prayer. Uh, and Jody's leading that. And let me tell you, be, be here Wednesday night at six. Yeah, six. Uh, Ted is doing a phenomenal job. And in going into a lot of this stuff of the difference between living in the glory and living out here by this nature. So good stuff happening all around. Amen? So Tuesday at 12 is intercessory prayer. Wednesday at 6 is living by revelation. Wednesday at noon is harvest house truck. Find something, get involved, because we're just blessed to be here and we're living out a spirit-led life. Amen? Love you, appreciate you. Say hi to somebody, love on somebody. We'll talk to you next week.